This is our fifth segment on Irin Saf, on godliness. And uh, now let's talk more mystically, more philosophically about godliness, as opposed to more humanely about godliness, more humanly about godliness. The mysticism of godliness is most aptly represented by the expression oir me'en hamoir. Oir me'en hamoir means light is similar to the source. In, in Chumash, in biblical terms, the word me'en is the same color, the same tseva. Like you have ein yainkiv. So the word me'en means it is similar to its source. What the source is, the light is. And this phrase oir me'en hamoir, the light, is similar to the source is the most succinct form to help us understand the concept of godliness. God exists. His existence is by himself, in relationship with self. Mitzias built in nimza, and so on. But there is oir, there is godliness. And godliness in some way is emergent from God, even though we're not talking about space, and we're not really talking about real change, we're talking about relative space, relative change, however these things are understood. These are discussions for different times and circumstances. The phenomena is that something emerges from God, which is me'ain, which is the same as God, but it isn't. It's godliness. It's a reflection of godliness. And I spent five segments discussing the mushal, discussing the metaphor, the mushal of oir, and you can go back and listen to those and you'll see how we developed the metaphor of light, the various different particulars of the metaphor of light, different, different metaphors within the metaphor of light, and how it contributes to understanding what ain't safe is, and so on and so forth. But now we're talking about godliness itself. Godliness is the reflection of God. Whatever God is, godliness is also. Which means, godliness is one, as God is one. Godliness is plain, as God is plain. Godliness is infinite, as God, as God is infinite. And godliness exists for no purpose, as God exists for no purpose. It exists just because of self. But at the same time, it's godliness as opposed to God. Which means that in some way, it's not Him, it's His, it's his light, it's His reflection. It's what's coming from Him. One of the ideas that Hasidus struggles with most in understanding the phenomenon of godliness is the question of Baderach Mamela and Ha'ara versus Ritzainis. That means godliness emerges from the source. It's a perfect reflection of the source with a capital S. And we say that its emergence from the source is passive, meaning to say the source isn't giving out the light. Because the source exists, the light exists. It's like a human being. You, you exist, you have a countenance. Your countenance is a byproduct of your existence. There's no way for you to exist without a face. So, if God exists, so God has a face, the face of God is godliness. But there's a difference between you and God, and me and God. 
And that is, we don't have an option. There's no way for us to exist without a face. We have to have a face. In the case of God, you cannot say He has to. Because if you say that God has to have a face, you're saying, in effect, that there's two things that must exist, which is almost like saying that there's two gods. So therefore, you have to say that the, the face of God, godliness, exists not only because God exists, but because wishes for it to exist, or God allows it to exist. And the terminology that the Maimodim use, they don't want to use the word ratzen, which means will, which would denote that it's a creation. There's a time before he willed, and there's a time that after he willed, and only after he willed did godliness exist. We want to use the word ratzenis. Ratzenis means godliness exists passively from God. It always exists passively from God. But if he wanted, it wouldn't exist. This idea is hard to understand. I don't understand it fully. But it's very, very important to understand this duality. Or at least to acknowledge this duality and say, okay, now I'm going to break my head and try and understand it a little bit. This is discussed in the Maimir of Zeis Chulkas of Tafresh The two sides are light is a perfect reflection of the source. And everything you have in the source, which is pshitus and beligavul and achtus, exists in oir. But the emergence of oir from the moir, from the source, is passive. It's automatic. It happens by itself. It's only outside of the source. None of the source is in the light. And at the same time, if God wanted, there wouldn't be light. You have to say that it's impossible to say that the light, the divine, that godliness must exist. You don't want to say that godliness was created, but you also don't want to say that godliness needs to be. Because if you're saying that godliness needs to be, it's like the relationship between the sun and the sun's light. The sun has no control over its light. The light has its own reality. It comes from the sun, but the sun doesn't have a choice because he doesn't own it. God owns the sun, and God owns the light. He put the light inside the sun. He arranged that the light should emerge from the sun. But just like the sun doesn't own itself, the sun doesn't own the light that emerges from it. You cannot say that by Elokus. You must say by God that if he wanted, the light wouldn't be. Even though the fact that the light is, happens in such a way that you don't want to say that he created it. You want to say that if he wanted, it wouldn't be. And therefore, what it is, it is by choice. It exists because of him. And not because of itself. This phrase, this form, the light is like the source, emerges from the source, and it's a reflection of the source, is understood on two levels. And these two levels are not mutually exclusive, they're mutually inclusive. But it is important that we talk about each one separately because philosophically they're opposite and you need to understand the first one first and then can you introduce the second one when we talk about godliness that emerges from God and we say that godliness emerges from God because God allows it to if he wanted there wouldn't be godliness but the way godliness emerges it emerges passively but the fact is the end is godliness exists because God exists, not because godliness exists. Godliness exists because there's a gila that's saying this. God permits it to exist. On this basis, the very phrase, oyin me'ein ha'moyer, includes an argument that oyin is not me'ein ha'moyer. That the light is like the source. 
the light of Ein Seif is Me'ein, in the same color, right? Einoi ke'ein habdoilach, you have in Pashas Mishpatim. Yeshev bodot betach, Ein Ya'in Kiv. I'm not calling the Pasuk correctly, but it's a Pasuk of Azei Sabrachah. The word Ayin, Ein, means in the same image, the same color. Me'ein amoyed, it's the same as the source. That idea actually presents a very powerful argument that in godliness there are things, in God there are things which godliness could not possibly carry. And fundamentally and basically it's this. Godliness is entirely dependent on God. God is entirely dependent on nothing. It's, he is certainly not dependent on godliness and he's not dependent on anything outside of himself. Which makes God and godliness as opposite as two things could be. Meaning, on the one hand, we're arguing how whatever you have in Elaka, in God, you have in Elakus, in godliness. But the most basic definition of God, which is that he exists only from himself, which is the same thing as saying he always existed, which is the source of our choice of words for God Almighty, that we call him Yesh, an independent being. And we add the word Emes, Yesh Amiti, the truly independent being, the very definition of God is that he's dependent upon nothing. Godliness, which is Me'ein Hamoir, is called Ayin. Ayin means it has no self-identity except for its source. So the notion of Oyer Me'ein Hamoir, light reflecting the source, which is meant to indicate how similar godliness is to God, except for the fact that godliness is a Matthias, and godliness is a built-in Matthias. Godliness is the way God has a face, the way God interacts, as we'll talk about in the subsequent segments. But other than that, we're arguing that godliness is God. The truth is, from a different perspective, there's nothing more distinct than God and godliness. Godliness is entirely dependent, and God is absolutely independent. You couldn't have a greater difference between two things than this. So, light being like the source, includes a deep, deep, deep limitation, a deep weakness, a deep deficiency. Godliness is the perfect reflection of the source, but it's entirely dependent upon the source. So in as much as God is independent, godliness is dependent. And in this way, God and godliness have nothing in common. They're exactly opposite. In other words, when we say that godliness is a reflection of God, we mean the character of God, the, if you want to use the word mahus, or inyan of what God is. And to some extent, you may even use the word etzim. But the truth of God, that His very definition is, that he needs nothing except himself, is not reflected in godliness. So, godliness is similar to God, and it presents what God is to the creation, in the form of a Matthias Nimtze, in terms of Hamshach and a Gilui and a Islapshas, as we'll be discussing in the later segments, is only similar to God in having divine properties, whatever possible tool and property Galakus has. And of course, Hashem is infinite, has infinite properties, so godliness is infinite, has infinite properties. But at the core of God is not his properties, and not his strengths, and not his abilities, and not his skill. At the core of God is independence. And godliness does not have that quality at all. At all. So, Oyer Mi'ein Amoyer has built into it a huge limitation. 
because the light is a reflection and a dependent upon the source, it's very, very different than the source in a very, very deep way. This is the first idea. Now, I'm going to say a second idea. Using the very same words, but the following is based on Tanya. I'll bring this in the second, 20th letter on Tanya. He brings it for a particular purpose. But Hasidus and the Rebbe, our Rebbe, develop this and develop this and exploit this and exploit this and it goes deeper and deeper and higher and higher and more complex and more complex. And the basis for the second idea of Eir is the following. When we speak about light reflecting the source, there are two components to it. The first is that because there is a source with a capital S, and the source allows, the source wills, the source is retoinus, that there should be a face, that there should be a metzias nimtza. So the source has a reflection, a ha'ora, a radiation. That reflection, that radiation, is what we call godliness. Accordingly, godliness carries whatever God carries, but it's entirely the opposite of God in this most fundamental way, that God is independent and godliness is absolutely dependent. But there's another thing about godliness which must be underscored. That in addition to the idea that godliness is a reflection of God and so on and so forth, godliness is the vacas. I'm permitting myself to use words to suit my perspective. Although it's, it's not exactly true the way I'm presenting it. Um because it's much more complicated than I'm making it, but I'm using this form to make a point. In Hasidic teaching, there's the word bittel and there's the word vekas. In many contexts, the word bittel and the word vekas would be represented by bittel ayesh and bittel vemetias. What is the difference between the word bittel and the word vekas? The meaning of the word bittel means I exist, and then I subjugate myself to you. I submit myself to you. I have my own self-identity, I have my own yesh, and then I'm a vatl my yesh. So first I exist, and then I submit. And common sense argue that if I first exist, and then I submit my existence to you, I never fully give myself away, because I need to be there enough in order to submit. I do the submission. If I do the submission, the I that's submitting needs to be there. The vacus, on the other hand, means I never existed in the first place. There is no I. My entire identity is representing my source. And it's sometimes called Bittl Bamitiyas, Bittl Atzmi. And this is the other thing. means that the godly light, the divine light, is a perfect reflection of, of the divine, of God Almighty. But you must appreciate also that godliness has no identity other than that it's serving God. In other words, in addition to saying that it's reflecting God, it's serving God. Its entire reality is at the service of its creator. God wants godliness to present him, to reveal him, to bring him forward. And because godliness has the second aspect of in addition to the idea that the light is reflective of the source, the light is altogether representative of the source. It's, you can't even call it submissive. You can't even call it sacrificed, dedicated. The only word you could call it is representative of. The Vegas means representative of. Like I explained to you in one of my segments on the Marshal of Oyer, if you would meet godliness, you'd find him or her to be quite boring. 
How are you? Meet my source. How are you doing? Meet my source. What are you planning to do today? Meet my source. What uh, anticipations do you have for the future? Meet my source. How's your past been? Meet my source. There is no identity to Oyd. This is the Bittel property of Oyd. The Dvekas. That godliness, being Me'en HaMoyed, doesn't only mean that it reflects the source, is that its entire reality is in the service of the, of the source. So the Alter Rebbe argues, and then the Labayim after him expound on this. And they say that this second idea of Ein Me'en HaMoyed, the Bittel of Ertemoyed, the total and utter subservience and submission of light to its source, means that in its service of the source, it is the source. In the service of the source, it's carrying the source. In its me'en amoid, it's only a reflection. But it's dveikus, in its service of the source, whatever the source is, is it. It is. And on this basis, the Altareb introduced us to a radical idea. Now, I don't know this for certain, but it seems to me that this is not a concept found in Kabbalah, this is a concept found in Hasidus. And then, of course, the Rebbeim, after the Alter Rebbe, develop it and develop it and develop it and develop it. And I just want to observe that this idea was written by the Alter Rebbe at the very end of his life. It was found in his pocket that of Shabbos before his Estalkos, he gave it to the Tzemach Tzedek. The argument is that Oyer Me'en Amoyer means that in Oyer you have Moyer. That light is such a perfect dvekas to the source that it actually carries the properties of the source that it shouldn't carry. And on this basis we say that Oyer has the properties of Atmos even though it's the opposite of the Yetz. Meaning to say, even though the light and the source are so opposite that the source is independent and the light is entirely dependent. But the debitl of Oyer affects that when it delivers the source, it delivers even those things in the source that the light cannot overtly carry. The light, godly light, carries the idea of yesh, even though it's not a yesh at all. But if it's a reflection of the source, and the basis for its being a reflection of its source is its utter bittle to its source, then it's carrying even those ideas in the source that light cannot carry. But it's so subservient that it even carries such things that it shouldn't be able to carry. What this means actually is that godliness reveals what's revealable of God. But godliness carries properties that godliness cannot show, cannot reveal, but they're, they're present in godliness, not because of the first idea of Mein Amoyed, but because of the Dvekas and the Bittle of Mein Amoyed. It's so subservient to the source, to whatever the source is, godliness carries. And of course, the Alter Rebbe Tanya uses this as a way of explaining how Yesh Mayayin happens, which I'm not going to go into at this particular moment. But this is the second idea of Enemy Amar, the godly light is such a perfect reflection of the source that it even carrows those ideas in the source that godliness cannot at all reflect, that godliness cannot at all reveal, but because of the Dvekas, it's carrying those properties even though it's not showing them at all. I just want to give you one example, or one insight into this. And that's the concept of emes, of truth. In Hasidic teaching, there's different types of truth. There's technical truth and there's absolute truth. Something that lives forever is true. Something that dies is false. But there's different types of living forever. One type of living forever is you go on and you go on and you go on and you go on and you go on until you never die, and therefore you're called truth. And there's another kind of living forever. 
that the very, very first moment, the very nature of your existence is a forever. And then your MS, your true, not actually, but absolutely, in theory. It's called Kiyomamiti, a true reality. And Hasidus argues that are in Saif, the the Maimed is Hukai, Meshmekai, Mechisei which goes on Oyer and Kaili and Nishamah. So there's a variety of different ways of explaining it. But the argument is that because when we use the term Eimen Amoyer, we don't only mean that the light reflects the source with the capital S, but that the light is Dovok on the source. And the Dvekas in the source is such that in the service of the Moir, it carries Moir. It in Seif is also Emes. Godliness is true. It's not true by association. It's true in itself. It's true in itself because it is the source within itself. But there's a qualitative idea of truth in godliness because of the Dvekas property of Erein Saf. And in the next segment, we'll talk some more.